cultural influences play such an important role in our personal identities. What happens when we move to different countries? How does that shift our perspective of the world we live in? Stay with us for a conversation on belonging. Hello, listeners. We are the Happy Go Moody podcast with your hosts, Vivian and Natalia. I'm Vivian, and today we want to talk about our travels. Today, I'm living in the Berkshires, Massachusetts. Where do you speak from, Natalia? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. As we mentioned in our first episode, we were both born in Brazil. Natalia, you didn't move from Brazil to Atlanta, right? You first lived in Germany, if I remember well. Uh, tell us, how was that for you? Yeah, I moved from Brazil to Germany. It was quite a journey. Uh, I didn't know re exactly what to expect. Um, and it was nothing <laughs> like I thought it would be. It was, it was, it was difficult. Like when we first moved there, it was um, difficult to understand, you know, the culture and to speak the language. I did not speak German at the time, so I had to learn. Um, it was it was challenging, but it was fun at the same time. I was open to do something different, so I kind of liked it. And I remember my I, I registered to a German class there, and our teacher just spoke German. And one thing she said, you have to talk. You know, I would just get my dictionary to translate everything. And, and uh, but she would say, you have to talk to people to practice and then they're going to talk back to you. So I would make a point to go to people and say, hey, what time it is? You know, like what time or, or what time is the train coming or and like uh, practicing some questions just so I can you know try to start a conversation with someone and, and get to really get to experience the, the language and the people. And um, the, the longer I stayed there, the more I realized the big difference between, you know, the two countries. And I, I enjoy a lot. Um, but there was a lot of like light, like white, um, how do you say the eye opening for me? Uh, things that I think we do in Brazil that I, I just assume everyone was like that. And it's not. Um, the German culture is very different than the Brazilian culture. Uh, they are a little, people say, ah, Uh, Brazilian is so friendly, and I have to say, Germans are very friendly too. I had great German friends. Um, they may not be as outgoing when you just met them, you know, but uh, when you get to meet them for longer and, and you make friends, they are friends for life, and they're great people. I, I really like there. It's a little quieter though than Brazil, and that was a big, a big shock for me too. You know, Brazil at night, you can hear people talking on the street and walking in cars. And I felt like in Germany was silence at night other than a couple of drunk people. And yeah, they might be my friends. And yeah, they might be me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's just, it's just different. And it was, it was a great experience. And um, I, I'm glad I got to to actually stay there, not only to visit, because I think when you visit a country, you just go as a tourist, you're there for such a short period of time, you don't get to get a full experience of actually spending like six months or, or a year there, right? So it was, it, was, it was quite different. And I think it changed your mind in, in a lot of ways. And uh, when you, I have a question for you. When you moved to Germany for good, was that your first time in Germany? No, I was there before as a, I was there 
<sighs> what was that? Visiting, yeah, because my great grandma lived in North Germany, um, northeast, and I went there to visit her. I did not speak the language though, so we couldn't really talk to each other. Uh, but my dad would translate for us or my mom. Um, yeah, so I, I've been there, but again, it was not the same, right? Because I was there with my parents. I was a kid, and um, and I, I didn't really have to do any planning or, or do anything. I was just enjoying with my parents. And then when I went, I actually had to, you know, my parents were not there and I didn't have anyone to translate anything for me. So it was a very different experience. Yeah. I agree with you that when you visit a country as a tourist, first of all, I don't know about your family, but my family, when we travel, will stay in another place just for like a week, the max, like two weeks. Um, so it's a very different experience because you're looking at everything as like, oh, it's so new and so fun, but you have your preoccupations, which is like the main places you want to visit, the things you want to buy, or, you know, maybe you don't, um, you don't know the language all that well. So I agree, it's like such a different experience, but uh, both valid in their own way. But I personally, I think uh, leaving at a place, even if it is just for a couple of months, it's, it's a more enriching experience uh, if you really want to know the culture of that place. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Did you have like a culture shock moving to U.S.? I don't think I had, you know why? I, in Brazil, and I think for the most part, other countries, they take a lot of American culture from movies and TV shows and songs. So I did not have a shock. Uh, I, to me, it was magical. I wasn't a stranger to America when I moved to America. I came on vacation with my family a couple of times growing up. So, and I already study English in Brazil, but of course it was so different to learn in Brazil and speak in Brazil with a few friends that were also learning. Uh, my teacher there lived in America, so he spoke English very well. But you know, when you get here, when I got here, I could speak and I could understand, but it was, my vocabulary was so small and I couldn't, my ear was not trained, you know, to hear a native speaking. Yeah. So I think that was super interesting to me. And I love learning languages. And I found out that just by living here. <laughs> so <laughs> that was like interesting. That was the most, uh, it wasn't a shock, but it was the thing that I had to dedicate myself the most once I was here. I came here as a 23 year old adult feeling super you know super mature uh it was the first time i i came to a different country on my own decision and for my own reasons without my family and soon enough an opportunity a professional opportunity opened up and i stayed i came at first to just stay for a little bit and come back. So when I left Brazil, I never said goodbye, not even to my grandparents, because I was going to come back right away. And it turns out that was not how it happened. <laughs> uh, the first Here we thing are, that 20 minutes, 28 years later. I, 
I know. Uh, the first thing that screamed at me was the fact that I could walk on the streets and feel safe on my own and at whatever time. That was such a strange feeling to experience and so late in life too because Brazil is a beautiful country, but unfortunately, uh, Brazil ranks as the second most dangerous country for women. That means that harassment of women is not something unusual to happen. Neither is sexual abuse or violence. So in a way, when I started my life in America, it was as if I could finally take a breath and take some space as a young woman. I wasn't so worried about what clothes was I wearing, how was I moving, you know, on the streets. And I, I just could take space. That was a great feeling. I know that should be an undeniable, undeniable fact about Brazil. I don't think I have any friends that have never been through at least one of these situations. But I want to make one thing clear that is not all that Brazil is. That is mainly a reflection of one aspect of my own experience in the country that I was born. So it's not that I hate Brazil because of that, but unfortunately it was something I grew up with. Uh, do you have anything to say about that? Do you feel you can relate to that experience? Yeah, I would say that was very, very weird for me, the safety that I felt in Germany when I when I moved, right? Because that was the biggest impact for me was when I left Brazil and uh, the fact that I had friends that would ride their bikes at 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. after they leave the party, they would just ride back home, you know? They would on leave their bikes. party like, and ride just... a bike home? Yes. And that was like, wow, that is crazy, you know? And that was crazy for so many reasons. I yeah. never went to a party on a bike. <laughs> oh, interesting. I have a funny story. And to protect people, I'm not going to say who that was, but it wasn't me. But I was riding back home. <laughs> But after one party, we're I think we're riding back home. Maybe we're riding to the party after our before party because we had like uh, the before party, like the pre-party, right? And then we go to the party and then we go home. So I don't remember when we're, I think we're riding home from the party, but uh, uh, we're drunk. Excuse and... me, people, if you do not understand, uh, Natalia in Germany was a party animal. If you talk to her at that time, most of her conversations involve parties, pre-parties, or after parties. Yeah, but it's one time we're like coming back from a party, and then, and in Germany they are very strict. There's a lot of rules, right? You are not like if you're riding your bike and you have a driver's license and you do something wrong, you can you can lose your points on your driver's license. And don't quote me on that. That's what I heard. That I think it may be true because they are very strict with their rules. So we're riding back and we're drunk and you're not you're not supposed to ride drunk, like riding a car drunk. You can't do that. Um, so uh, this friend of mine got nervous and then because she saw a police car coming and she was kind of like in the middle of the lane, you know, a little drunk. And then she just like dropped the bike on the floor and got out of the bike. And then the police just stopped the car and came talk to her and she's like, I am just going to park here <laughs> with the bike like in the middle of the road. <laughs> I remember but the guy just started laughing and he was like, just, just, just walk your bike home. Okay. And she's like, I got it. Okay. <laughs> but it's just, 
yeah so that that feeling of being safe and being able to you know you have your phone um and just be able to like look at your phone at 2 a.m on the street you know like no one is gonna come and get it out of your hand you know you don't have to be nervous about that that was a big thing for me that was a big shock i i, I felt like weird yeah but that's more safety related to like violence to, in general right well, like do to, you feel yeah, like there was like a being, difference uh for harassment i would tell that um so it's the same with the safety i think we're all at least that was for me right um i was a little numb to that experience mm -hmm. i i would walk like especially on the beach if we go to the beach i'll walk and then sometimes some guys or, or they're working somewhere or they're just passing by they will make some comments you know about me and i i one i would actually sometimes be flatter because I feel I felt so ugly when I was a teenager and when I was a kid, I always thought I was an ugly kid and an ugly teenager and an ugly girl that if any guy would give me attention, I would be happy about it. Um, later on, and especially like talking to my people, more people, this is so common in Brazil, right? That a girl is walking and down the street and some guy makes a comment or do something. And a lot of cats calling. A, a lot. Yeah. And I, I noticed like, okay, this is not okay because but I felt flattered because I felt myself to be horrible, right? But there are girls there, there and they may have been abused or may have gone through different experience and they really felt bad with those or they felt ashamed or they didn't feel comfortable then on the clothes they were wearing. And um, I don't think people realize, and, and I didn't even realize all of that after, you know, just after I moved because when I was in Brazil, that was just part of my, of life right um, not being able to get your phone or listening to a guy like making a comment when you're on your bikini you know um like on the beach i don't know so so it's like it, it was normal i was like okay it's just how it is and then after i left brazil i was like wait a second this is not normal you know it's not normal that i have to worry about my about like looking at a cell phone or it's not not normal that you know a guy just make a comment to a girl that they don't even know especially if she's like 14 i'm talking about i was when that would happen i would be like 13 14 years old yes me too right and yeah and it's just i didn't i didn't even understand that there is a different way you know mm -hmm. um so it was, it's just it's just yeah just a lot of things you you notice um again i i love brazil and i i'm so happy i grew up there but i think there are some things that i wish you know i knew when i was a kid and a teenager and also, I wish I would give myself more value and think more of myself. I, I think there, I got thrown into the parties <laughs> very young. I, I love partying. I always did. And I was 12 years old. I was already partying. But I don't think I had the head to go party when I was 12. Mm -hmm. I don't think I had the right mentality to go, you know, to a, to a beach party, whatever, when I was 13 or 14 years old. I think I was too young for that. And then, you know, I was so young that I didn't even have, like, my body was not fully developed. Yeah. So the boys would, like, they were like, oh, you know, this kid, this ugly girl, she doesn't even have any boobs. And they would say mean things to me that sometimes I would go to the bathroom crying uh, because I felt, like, ugly. And then the guys would just say, you know, what they think about me. Oh, you're, you know horrible whatever where are your boobs they'll criticize you yeah my you. body or yeah and i would just i would just cry 
And uh, I was, I thought I was undeserving of finding someone, you know, until I did find someone and I, I was like, I'm going to hold tight to this one. <laughs> but I think it's in the way because of there's so much of this machista mentality, you know, um, it's, it's quite different than America for me. And you were in German, Germany, and now you are in America, but I think there's a big difference, uh, South America between South America, North America, the way um, men behave. And it is unfortunate, but it is a generational thing. And uh, unfortunately, the men who are catcalling you in Brazil, I'm going to speak off Brazil because I don't have experience with other uh, South American countries, but they are sometimes like twice your age and uh, it's just inappropriate. I have been through a lot of harassment. I have been through sexual abuse. And that's why I, I thought it was important to talk about that one piece here, because we need to uh, teach our boys, whether in Brazil, America, or Germany, all over the world, that a girl is not just a piece of body to be criticized or adored. We are all equals living in the same space. So I think that would be a good start. I don't have a kid, so it's easy for me to talk about that. But it's something I wish it was true, you know? Yeah, no, I get it. I think with Emma, I am so glad. I mean, I again, I love growing up in Brazil, but me as a mom, I'm very glad that my kid is going to get to be a kid when she's 13 and 14. And um and it's not, I don't I don't think it's my parents fault that I was going to party when I was young. I think it's a lot of people go out in Brazil when they are 13, 14, right? Yeah. And 15 and and that they just they already like um making out and doing stuff like that and here I think it's a little slower. And I hope because I have a daughter and I really hope it's slower <laughs> and I hope she's a kid until like 18. I think she's 20 when she started thinking about partying and dating, but yeah. Oh my God. You I wish. Probably won't. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> I, listen, I think American like young teenagers, they do party, but it's much different in Brazil. There is a push on the sexuality. It's just the way the country is like, there's a lot of sexuality and sensuality and, in, in a way, Brazil is praised for that. So they find, you know, a lot of people are proud of that. And you ended up getting a lot of that as a kid. So I totally understand what you're saying. I was also, I wasn't partying all that hard because I am an introspective, okay? But I did go out. I put myself in like very weird situations because I want to be out. I wanted to be out doing what? adults were doing but then when that happened you were also exposed to a lot of things that older teenagers are doing and it's just not a great combination I guess like you I don't think I was ready quite ready for it yeah I mean I don't I don't know how it is here because I I was not a teenager here right so I can't speak for that but I do know because my niece is now uh 21 yeah she's turning 21 this year and um and I I, I met her when she was only like 10 years old uh, so I kind of like heard a lot of her teenager phase. Right. And, um, I think for example, in Brazil, when I was 16 and I don't know, I can't speak for Brazil now and I cannot speak for the whole Brazil. I can just say for the experience I had. Right. Right. So when right. I was 16, I don't remember if I had any friends that was a virgin. <laughs> when you were 16. 
Yes, that was like 16 oh, years old. And I, I was, was a virgin until I was 18. See, I wasn't introspective, but I, like you, all my friends have had sex already. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, I'm so odd. I'm 18 and I'm, you know, I haven't had sex yet. But yeah, and I get it. I completely get it. No, in US, being an 18 and not having sex, as far as I understand for our ad I hear, it's, it's, it's not like odd. It's not weird. You know, it isn't. I don't know, to be that's honest with for you, what for the little experience I have. And I am hoping that's true because I do have a daughter that I hope she waits a long you're time. Just, <laughs> you're just being wishful now. I could just see through this conversation like here. No teenagers have sex before no. 19 years no, old. Exactly. It's like and they are not waiting until they're 25. Most Americans just have sex at 25. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I just think it's not as odd as it is in Brazil if you're 18 and or 19. Like, and maybe it is not like now. I don't know how it is now, right? Again, I can only speak from my my personal experience. But going back to, you know, my other the whole point of the episode. <laughs> yeah, belonging. We're talking about belonging, people. Let's just get back to it. Um, I think that I adapted quite well to the American culture. Uh, when I first arrived and I got a job and I, I realized, oh, I, I think I'm going to stay. Uh, I was learning every day about all kinds of different things. I was meeting new people at work and in the neighborhood, and they were all very welcoming and friendly. I will say, I think Americans are welcoming and friendly. I, I think they're warm people. It's just a different type of warmth than Brazilian people. You know, in Brazil, you meet someone new and you get along, tomorrow they're already making jokes. You're already making jokes about each other. You're already going to each other's house. In America, they're friendly and welcoming, but it takes a little longer depending where you are, where what state you are, for you to actually get to know that person uh, and go to their house especially, right? Like in Brazil also, you can go to someone's house without calling ahead, right? Well, I don't know if that's like that anymore because before we didn't have cell phone when we were teenagers, right? We were old. Well, let me tell you something. I've been in a couple parties in Germany that was Brazilian and German, you know, like the Brazilian community that I knew in Germany and they're meeting and the German invites for a party and they say, oh, 7 p.m. All Germans are there at 7 p.m. No Brazilians are there at 7 p.m. Because in Brazil, if you say a party starts at 7, you know that means 7.30 or eight it doesn't mean you're there at seven yeah it means like any time after seven yeah. yeah yeah and in germany if we say seven i they're very like on the dot yeah i like Unless that the train is later it happens I, sometimes <laughs> i like that that's why i like japanese culture too because things are more structured of course they can be annoying sometimes but i love the structure of like things like that I, I just, yeah, it was just, it was just, it's just funny. I just think it was, it's just like, again, as a, a culture thing, right? And I have a, a friend of mine, Brazilian, that invited people over for her party and her party was like at eight. And then this German guy got her party at eight and she was still blow drying her hair. And she's like, he got here at eight. I was like, you invited him at eight. <laughs> I was just like, everyone knows eight means 830. I was like, no. Every Brazilian know that. <laughs> so yeah, that happens. <laughs> um...
Like when you're leaving Germany, did you stay always in the same area or neighborhood? Oh no, I moved. I I first I was living northeast Germany, but it's totally different from southwest where I moved to. After one or two years, I don't even know. What uh, are the differences? Then, uh, so northeast is where, you know, is where the well, I can say Russian side was. Um, they didn't know, there's not a lot of people that speak English where I was there before. So people didn't learn ling English either when they were kids. Right. Um, so it's, is also less, um, it's, it's, it's the same country, right? It's the same culture and stuff, but, um, it's less diverse. So if you go to Southwest where I was then after, it is more diverse. So you can find, you know, and, and you find everyone basically speaks English there because they learn in school and it's, it's uh, a little bit more like a mix. That's, that's the biggest thing, I guess. Yeah. I lived in New Jersey for a little bit because it was a quick train ride to New York city where I worked and I, it was the only place really that was close enough and I could afford an apartment of my own without having a roommate. Uh, but then I met my husband, Mr. Vivian, and we got married <laughs> and we moved I to was the there. upper. Yeah, you were there. You spoke at my wedding and everything. Wait, did you speak in English or Portuguese? Yeah, in English. Oh, very bad English, but yeah, I did. Ah, doesn't matter. I loved it. Uh, so. Yeah, we got married and then we went back to New York City and we moved to the Upper East Side. Um, from New York City, after years and years there, we kind of were, I, I used to live on 2nd Avenue and I think it was 60, 62nd. And dude, 2nd Avenue is like so fucking noisy. It's just so noisy. I love the city to death. I love New York City, but it takes it takes time to like relax at night because, you know, things keep going and cars honk for anything really. So we were like, let's, let's try moving out and doing something different. So we moved to Montreal, Canada and delicious food, beautiful city, but the winters were like killing us. There was, it was so, well, Germany is really cold too. Yeah. I don't think it's as cold as Montreal though. <laughs> really? I always think of Germany as I mean, like really cold. bad. Yeah, cold. It is cold. It is cold. Um, and it's very, um, gray, but somehow, I don't know. I was there for seven years. Right. And I was drunk for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you didn't feel cold. <laughs> I did not feel that cold. I don't know, like it didn't bother me. It's not about the coldness, I think, in Germany. It's about the fact that the sun doesn't shine as much as in Atlanta, for example. Ah. So you don't see the sun as much as you see here, for sure, or in Brazil. I totally know what you're talking about. And that was Montreal for us. Like, there was no sun. I felt like so depressed. Then the, you know, the spring comes along and then the whole city, it's alive again, but we just couldn't stay any longer. So we stayed there for maybe a year and two months, something like that, but no longer than that. And I had no other option than to buy really warm everything. And then I also realized like, oh my God, I was always cold in, in the winter in New York because my jackets were like not warm at all. 
you know, I finally knew how to dress for the winter once I lived in Montreal. Then we decided, no, let's get out of here. And uh, we moved to Chicago. My husband, Mr. Vivian, found a job in Chicago. And the company was like, oh, we pay for you for your tickets and we'll give you uh, an apartment for two weeks. And then until you find a place for yourself, we're like, yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> and then we lived in a neighborhood called Lakeview and I loved Chicago. I made lifelong friends in that city. People in Chicago are so nice and earnest. Uh, there I met my dearest yoga and breathwork and meditation teacher, Shabakar and Shiva Singh from Spirit Rising Yoga. Uh, they did not pay me to say that to you, but they are amazing human beings. They really transformed my life. Uh, we stayed in Chicago, I believe, two years or so until we had to uproot again. Mr. Vivian started working in California. Uh, and for a little while, we were like not sure about what's going to be the best for us. Uh, for, but for practical reasons, of course, it couldn't be keep working in California and I'm living in Chicago. So we ended up moving to LA. We were in Culver City in LA and that was rough. Um, we stayed there in California for three years and we moved three times. I met all kinds of people. Most of them were the craziest people I think I've ever met. I had to call the police on my downstairs neighbor once. I got to know people who lived in their cars and that was a normal thing for many people. Yeah. There was an unhoused man who believed flying monkeys were shooting lasers on human beings and causing them cancer. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And his job, I'm not kidding, he was such a fascinating person to have a conversation with because he would tell you the craziest stories. He was from, he wasn't from India, but it was a place like that. And he walk around with a cardboard on a bike. And then when he would see these monkeys shooting lasers at him, he would like lift up the cardboard and say like, come on there, I'm going to protect you. So he was the protector from the cancer laser. <laughs> he protected wow. the whole neighborhood. <laughs> there was a lady that told me that every living person, for, for every living person, there was a doppelganger, right? Yeah. And I should keep my eyes peeled for them because they meant harm. And her doppelganger was always trying to attack her. <laughs> that was a real conversation, Natalia. <laughs> did, did you yeah. meet crazy people in Germany? I meet crazy people everywhere. I love it. Oh, <laughs> I met I you. Forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you were a magnet. Well, I shouldn't. I'm not that far behind, I guess. But you were a magnet for like odd situations. <sighs> so we lived in. Yeah, we moved three times in California because of we just couldn't find a place to like settle down. I honestly was not crazy about the culture there. I think it's beautiful. When I lived in Santa Monica, that was really nice. That was the neighborhood I loved the most there. But then once the pandemic started, uh, Mr. Vivian and I were completely burned out of city living and all the commotion. The pandemic didn't make it any easier. Uh, that's when we made the most unusual decision 
uh, at least to our friends, it, it looked very unusual. We decided to take a break from moving here and there. And we decided to, that remote work was the thing that was best for us, like for good. And then we started looking for places to buy in Massachusetts. Uh, and we ended up in the Berkshires, where I am speaking from right now, which is like very suburban in the middle of the mountains. You know, like people, my neighbors know every single person in the neighborhood. <laughs> my town that has only 900 people in it. Exactly so. like New York, right? <laughs> <laughs> So it's been still an adaptation, but I am loving it for now. I'm really into it. Oh, it's beautiful. I, I, I've been there to see Vivian and the house is amazing. The place is amazing. It's a very, very nice place to live in. So Yeah, you got to run in October Mountain. Yeah. I live right in front of it and it's really nice. It's very um, pretty. So right now you are in Georgia. How, you know, how, when, why? Oh, I, yeah, I was living in Germany, studying and working, part-time working for a company. And then uh, I told my, my boss, like, yeah, my, my college uh, requires me to do an internship outside of, outside of Germany. Um, so I was just wondering if, since I'm working for this company, if I can, you know, um, find a job because the company had different locations. So they have an internship or something in a different location, something outside of Germany. And he's like, I don't think I'm gonna know of anything, but if I do, I'll let you know. And the next day, he's like, "That the craziest thing happened." <laughs> I was like, "Of course." He's like, "Someone called me from Alpharetta in US, and they actually need an intern with your background. So you want to go?" It's like, "Of course, wow. I want to go. I'm there." So I just didn't speak English. I was, that was the little thing. I was like, "I just don't. My English is horrible." So I started like really like studying and, and trying to, you know, learn as much as I could before the phone interview. <laughs> so I wrote down some sentences in English and got like kind of like ready for the interview. And uh, yeah, that's how I came here. So I came for the inter internship, then I went back for another semester. Then I came back for another internship. Then I went back for another semester. I came back <laughs> oh for my, my thesis. And wow. then I stayed. You don't remember that it was like six months here, six months there, six months here, six months there. And then I came back for good. I did a thesis here and um, uh, moved and stayed and met my husband. Um, Mr. And, Natalia. Yeah. Mr. Natalia, yeah. And now Georgia, is, is, is it where you belong? I feel home here uh, better than any other place, I would say, on earth. Atlanta is a... Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, if I go, like, I, I do miss Germany. I do miss Brazil. But I went to Brazil in 2015. And I've only been in Brazil twice since I left. Isn't that crazy? Or maybe three times. It feels good and it feels home, but it's not the same now. Atlanta is my house. So, yeah, I think I'm here for good. I went to Brazil in 2013. And uh, my husband went with me and... Uh, it just felt odd. It felt like it wasn't the place I grew up, you know? Yeah, it just changed so much, right? And you forget about a lot of stuff. When you leave your country and you spend years out of the country, living in another country, and you come back, somehow, to me at least, I felt like time was frozen in that time when I left. 
And then when I came back, things have changed or some things didn't even have changed, but they would not match the, what I had in my head, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was a little, it was a little bit of a shock actually. Cause I thought like, wait, I thought this was like this and not like that. And of course the people are still the same. And I think that's what I miss the most about Brazil is like the people, not so much the country, but it is interesting. The food was still delicious though. I ate like there was no tomorrow. Oh man, I went to Rodizio de Pizza, a pizzeria where you get all the pizza you want, right? And oh, that, that's something I miss. I wish they had it here. Uh, maybe they have in Atlanta somewhere. I don't know, but it's not the same. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Pizza in Brazil is very different than pizza in other places. It has more, more of everything. <laughs> Mr. Natalia doesn't love it. I think he's like, that's not the Italian pizza. Like that's not Italian, pizza. that's Brazilian pizza. Okay. I miss my stroganoff pizza. And stroganoff is not Brazilian, it's Russian, I guess. Right. But I like it. <laughs> and you only have stroganoff pizza in Brazil. Or chicken heart pizza. You only have that in Brazil. Chicken right? heart. In South Brazil. Yeah. You I don't have that in North Brazil, right? Yeah. I I don't eat meat anymore. It's been years since 2011. I don't eat meat. But uh, I used to love growing up chicken heart. My God. Yeah, I love chicken. My Emma loves chicken heart. And my husband's family... They think that she's crazy for eating chicken hearts because yeah, they, they think it's disgusting, think right? Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. It's funny when you grow up with something that's so common, and then other people look at it and it's like, what? Or vice versa, right? <laughs> they sell chicken hearts in the farmers market, and it's literally like a little tiny container, and I think people just buy like for their dogs and so, <laughs> and we buy to eat. Because no one eats chicken heart. Do you mean here in here in, in the US in the oh, farmers market? Yeah, I've never. So seen we actually it. go there. We buy it. Yeah, we buy in the farmers market. But it's it's like in a in a place where the chickens in a small container on the side, and no one ever buys. And the people that buy is probably buying for you know like I don't know, oh. for I know one woman that was buying and asked like if she was doing a recipe or something. She's like, I buy for my dog. I was like, ah, oh, okay, never mind. Wow, wow. <laughs> so. Do you, in all these travels, there are more like, you know, new homes. Like, what are the things that you feel are important culturally and that you've learned for yourself? I think the most important thing is when I moved from Brazil to Germany, I kept telling everyone I'm Brazilian and I feel Brazilian, right? I'm Brazilian. And then I, I got to meet the Germans and understand the culture and learn the culture and live there for so long, like for the seven years. And I, I came to us and I would say, well, I'm part German, part Brazilian. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, because I felt like I was so into the German culture for so long. And, um, I, I don't know. Then here, I think I learned that it really doesn't matter where you're from. Like, I'm going to find Brazilians that think like me. I'm going to find Germans that think like me and I'm going to find Americans that think like me. And it's not because I lived on the three countries, because I'm going to find, you know, people from Korea that think like me. And I have one of my best friends, you know, I have friends from Russia. I have friends from all types of countries. One of my best friends here, she's from Iran. And what I, what I learned, and I think the biggest experience for me is that it really doesn't matter where you're from, right? You're going to have Brazilians that think like you and some of them are don't. 
and you're going to find people from this country that have kind of like the same mentality as you and some of them don't. So I think people generalize so much saying, oh, Brazilians are like that. Germans are like that. Americans are like that. No, we're all different, <laughs> right? And you're going to find Brazilians that are like funny and extrovert and some Brazilians are introvert and maybe they're not into the funny side, right? But it, it doesn't matter. It's not about Brazil or Germany. It's like just about people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. I think speaking and living in a different language has exposed me to new metaphors and concepts, right? So I learned to express myself in different ways and in a way that fundamentally changed me. Uh, I became way more open-minded and that I, than I was before because just experiencing what is normal to me in Brazil, what is normal in a foreign culture made me realize that there isn't just one right way to do things. So like you, I, I agree, like we are all people and there's not one generalized way to categorize like Brazilians are like this, Americans are like that. I think there are differences culturally, of course, but they level up themselves when you actually get to know a person that and you get to know them beyond the culture that they are raised in right no i agree i also think that the world we live in is this big place is so vast it's full of countries and cities and neighborhoods and i'm a part of it you are a part of it i i understand when people are like, oh my God, my neighborhood is so important to me, my country, you know, I'm an American, I'm a Brazilian, I'm a German person. Um, I think that is valuing that, but I feel like I belong to the world as much as the world belongs to me. So there's so many more places and things I want to explore. I can't wait. And I also can't wait to share all that here with people who listen was or, or not like less i don't know right like, like, i don't I know we're gonna have one listener because my mom is definitely listening to our podcast okay <laughs> so we have two because my husband also yeah okay so two listeners that's a good thing huh 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 i'm excited and that has been your happy go moody podcast for today folks we wish that today you were fully present to your experiences and the people around you 